How many of you would like your life to count as a witness? Put it up if you want your life to count as a witness. Okay. Every car that pulls into that driveway at 17th and Beneva is a witness to that community that something is happening. Come on, put your hands together. So just your attendance, you being there on Wednesday, you being there on Sunday, speaks to that community. It's been closed for several months. There was a time you didn't even know there was a building there. Now you can see it. The lights are on. The yard is done. There's parking out there. But every car that pulls in there and parks in that parking lot is a witness to the people in that community that something is happening. Now, you're, not, you're going to feel a little awkward because I watched Wednesday night. People were like, uh, can I go to the front? Uh, where's my seat? Uh, where's my spot? And uh, we were all a little mixed up, but the presence of God came. Come on, somebody, say amen with me. Just your attendance will count as a witness to that community that something is happening. The next thing that's going to happen, other than your attendance witnessing, is when that building goes up 35 foot high in the air. Come on, someone, say amen. Probably, the, you know, I don't know within the city limits if there's been a new church that's in the city limits. I don't know if there's been a new church built in the city limits for a long time. That will be the first new building, new church in the city limits for a long, long, long time. Come on, put your hands together and give the Lord some praise. I'm strange, as some of you know that. I'm a little odd, so uh, I don't make excuses for that. So one night before coming to church here, I went over there and I sat on the porch. And you think, well, why were you sitting on the porch? I wanted to count how many cars came through that intersection and went right past that property. In six minutes, at 6.30, there were 400 cars that went by that property. It is a busy, busy, busy intersection. And we're going to be there shouting, lifting up the name of Jesus, building a brand new building, and your car is going to be in the parking lot and be a witness to everyone that comes back. There's not a day of the week that that intersection is not filled with people. You know, if you're on this journey for any length of time, um, you're going to have to learn a very, very, very important spiritual principle. And that is you're going to have to learn how to wait. Turn to somebody and tell them wait. Now, uh, come on, get with me. Say wait. On this journey, it's not if, if you're going to wait because you are going to wait. You know, someone used to say God had three speeds, slow, slower, and slower. Have you feel like God's not moving for you, that God's not doing it in your time? And, you know, and it's like, hey, where are you? know, what's the matter for you, God? Where are you? You know, what's going on here? He oftentimes seems to be slow in his response, but he is sure in his response. He will respond, and your hour will come. It's not if you're going to wait, it's how you wait. 
How you wait is going to make a difference in the outcome. Turn to somebody and tell them how you wait is going to make a difference in the outcome. Not if you wait, but how you wait. And I'm going to, I've never breached this subject, but we are in what most folks call the season of Advent. Everybody say the season of Advent. The word Advent means simply to wait with an expectation. To wait with an expectation. And we are in that season as I speak. And there are three things we need to examine. One, we need to examine on how those who waited who went before us. There are those that went before us that had a promise and they waited for generations for that promise to come about. And we need to examine how they waited. Number two, we need to celebrate the answer or the fulfillment of the promise that was given to them. And number three, we need to take a look at what we are to be waiting for. And make sure that we are waiting with the correct response. Someone say amen. Say Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know about you, but I am the most impatient person on the face of the earth. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Gee whiz. My wife tells me all the time, you are the most impatient person. And I am. And I repent. Not as much as I should, but every now and then I repent. (laughs) Have you ever got frustrated with God's timetable? Come on, put your hand up if you've ever got frustrated with God's timetable. We're going to take a look at the first thing that we are to look at as far as waiting. And it's, it's about the first coming of the Lord. His first coming. Turn to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Here is the promise. And this is the promise that they waited on. This is the promise that went from waiting to hope. And to strength. When they waited for this to come, the nation of Israel, the people of God, when they waited for this event to happen, they waited with anticipation. They waited with uh, excitement. They, they waited with joy. They, they, they longed for the hour and the season and the time. And God gave them a promise. Say the word promise. Promise. Say promise. Promise. Oh, come on. You sound like five people. Say promise. Promise. Thank you. They believed the promise. And the promise caused hope to arise on the inside of them. 
And that hope turned to strength. Which allowed them to endure. Let's read it. You know it. For unto us the child is born. And unto us the son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. The Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. That was the promise that was given to them through the prophet Isaiah. And they believed it as a nation. They believed it as a people. That someday, somehow, they didn't know when, but God was going to send to them a son who would be a father, who would be a wonderful counselor, who would bring them peace. A mighty God who would rule in their behalf. A God that would defeat their enemies. They were a people who were displaced. They were a people who were um, persecuted. They were people that knew what famine and defeat were. They were people that had built houses and their enemy came and took their houses from them. They were a people who knew what it was like to be under the thumb of an unrighteous king. Who would tax them. Arrest them. Did not rule in righteousness. Did not rule with mercy. Evil kings who took advantage of them. And they longed for a time and a day and an hour that this son would be given to them. They longed for a day and an hour when a righteous king would rule over them. He would be fair. He would be just. He would be a counselor. He would be like a father filled with wisdom. And filled with might and power. A king that would have the wisdom and the power to defeat every one of their enemies. We're talking about a a downtrodden people. And so they longed. And they believed. And they hoped. And that hope gave them strength to press through. To continue to believe. Now that day, the fulfillment of that promise. Everybody say the fulfillment. Turn to your neighbor and say, when God promises something, he keeps his promises. And sure enough, God kept his promise. And that's the season that we're in. I want to, for a moment, catch the excitement of the promise. I don't know if you ever got a promise. Hallelujah. And you got the promise and you got excited. I want to catch the zeal and the excitement. I just got a promise. This is just what God said to me. But then came the fulfillment of the promise. This is that season that we rejoice in the fulfillment of that promise. The fulfillment took place in Bethlehem. Oh, you see it. 
under trees, the mangers, the shepherds. Bethlehem was a little city, a little town. This day when the Savior was born in Bethlehem, it became the capital of the world. This day in a manger was the fulfillment of the promise that was given through Isaiah. Both heaven and earth showed up at the birth of Christ. The shepherds came. There was a stirring and the shepherds found their way to the little city of Bethlehem in the manger where he was born. Do you know that angel showed up? Angels showed up and revealed themselves to the, angels, to, to the shepherds around about the place where Jesus was born. And there was a great light, a great shining light, a great glory that the angels brought with them. And they joined in and they began to sing. They sang from a place of joy. They sang because the promise had finally come to pass. Earth responded. Men, wise men made their way there. Wise men came to celebrate, to give gifts to Mary and Joseph. I wonder what was going on. Can you imagine all of that out in the field? The shepherds are coming. There, there's this great light. The angels are singing. The wise men are coming. Can you imagine? I wonder if the, I wonder if the goats and the cows and, 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 and the chickens got a little riled up that day. I think maybe the chickens started to crow. It was midnight and they shouldn't crow, but they started to crow because there was such a stir. God felt this was so important. The day that this promise was fulfilled, you know what God did? God caused the star to shine on the very place where this promise was fulfilled. Go to that next scripture. And behold, the, 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 the virgin shall be with the child, and he shall, she shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. On this day, dad, I said on this day, God came in the form of flesh. His promise was fulfilled. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, now lived amongst men. Oh, come on, put your hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. He's no longer way out there. He's a God that is with us. Some of you ought to shout God with us. And we celebrate that. We ought to be the, the, the silliest, most joyful, the wild, cra crazy folks. We, I know we're going to drink, drink hot chocolate, but if you, we're going to get high on it because we're going to celebrate. We're going to be sipping that hot chocolate like, ah! Promises fulfilled. And God is with us. He's not a far off. It's God with us. As a matter of fact, it's God with us, but also God in us. Amen. What a celebration. Oh, 
Salvation came to the world. And so we wait. And we celebrate. There's one more thing that we must wait for. Let's take it to that next scripture. Will you do that with me? But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Everybody say a thief in the night. Now, they had a promise that he was going to come and God fulfilled that promise. But while they waited, everybody say while they waited. They waited with great hope. They were overcome. They were overrun. They went through famines, but something on the inside of them, they kept hoping that tomorrow was going to be a better day than yesterday. It was great hope. He's coming. They didn't know when he was coming, but they knew that God had promised he was coming, and it was great expectation and great hope. The way they waited is the same way we should be waiting. Now, as we wait for this thief, anybody that's ever been committed of a crime with theft, I want to give you a little dignity. The Bible has a holy thief. The Bible talks about a holy thief that is coming. And we should be awaiting his coming with joy and expectation. Come on, somebody say amen with me. Do you know a thief doesn't take what belongs to him? A thief takes what doesn't belong to him. I'm going to say it again. Say it again. Say it, preacher. I'm going to say it again. A thief doesn't take what belongs to him. A thief takes what does not belong to him. Now, as we sit here this morning, I think about those of you who are waiting, like the black folks used to say, I'm waiting for my change. I'm waiting for that change to take place. I'm waiting for things to be different. I'm waiting for the season of wilderness to pass. I understand that some of you are waiting here today and you are overcome. You're suffering with pain. Broken relationships. Hard times. I understand that you are here 
waiting on that promise that that thief is going to come in your darkest hour and take away some things that have been bothering you your entire life. See, you can be saved and you can know Jesus and still have things in your life that plague you every single day. They keep you from having joy. They keep you from having peace. They keep you from going on in your life. But just as they waited for their Messiah to come, and the way they waited is the same way we should be waiting. I, I want you to leave here today with great hope. Let me tell you about this holy thief. He comes when you don't know it. You can't see it. You don't know he's there. He is behind the scene, moving around the chess pieces, setting you up to win. You don't know it. You can't see it. You can't feel it. You don't, you're like... Man, I'm like, I'm burned out. And all the while, he comes in your darkest hour, and he's working behind the scenes. You don't sense it. You don't feel it. You don't know it. Nobody else knows it. As a matter of fact, just the opposite. They oftentimes tell you things like, oh, boy, you're in a mess. You guys, some of you know, the day you were sitting in jail and someone told you about Harvest House. You'd have never heard. You'd have never been here. You would have never heard the message of the gospel until it happened to you. God was moving the chess pieces around to bring you to himself. I, I want you to leave with this simple thought. I don't see him. I don't know him. It's my darkest hour, but he's coming to take away those things that don't belong to him. See, he's not filled with pain and heartache. He's not overwhelmed with darkness. Neither is he sick. Neither is he at the end of the road. You are. But he's coming as a thief, and he's going to take away those things that have kept you back. Come on and give God some praise with me. crying when are things going to change when is it going to be different don't 
throw away your confidence in the thief from heaven. He's coming. He's coming with deliverance. He's coming with healing. He's coming to take away all of those things that plagued you and kept you from going forward. Come on and give Jesus some praise with me. So, as we rejoice in the fulfilled promise and we examine how they waited for the promise with expectation and hope that led to great strength, as we celebrate the fulfillment of that promise, let us stand with great hope, believing that that thief is going to come and take away those things in our life that plague us. Those broken relationships. That thing that haunts you in the night. The thing that presses you down. That lie that the enemy keeps telling you you're never going to make it. Oh, you're just here for a while. But you'll go back to your old life. It's a stinking, filthy, dirty lie. A new life has begun. You are new creations in Christ. Oh no. You're going to soar like the eagle soars. You're going to mount up. Come on, somebody, say hallelujah with me. You're going to mount up with wings as eagles. Fly high. Above your sorrow. My prayer is that the Spirit of God would let hope arise in your side of you. That you allow the hope of God to come alive. That wayward child's coming home. God is going to kick that mean husband of mine right in the pants. Don't look at me. I'm going to be able to love those who I've not been able to love in the past. I am going to be able to forgive. God's going to help me. I'm going to be able to forgive. The thief is going to come and take away those things. Let this be a season of celebrating the fulfillment of the first coming of the Lord. And the second coming is happening every single day in our lives. The thief is coming to take away the sorrow sickness things that plague us 
I, I, I want you to be so hopeful and so happy. And people are like, what was wrong with you? And you'll say nothing. Everything's right. Yeah. Stand to your feet with me. Father, we thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you, Father, and we are going to not cast away our confidence. We are people with a promise. And we're going to allow hope to arise inside of us. And hope is going to bring us to a place of strength. We will endure. We will not give up. You are coming. You are going to make things right. We thank you, Father, for your promise. Let us be the happiest, most hopeful, the strongest people on the face of the earth. Even as those who had gone before us believed the promise, they were hopeful, and the promise came to pass. The promise that the thief is going to come in the night and take away those things that have stood in our way. We believe it. We're looking forward to it. Our change is going to come. Put your hands together and give God some praise with me. Hallelujah.